0: Listening to the Mobcast Network.
1: Check, 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 Mike, check, check, Mike, check. Check. check, Mike, check, Mike. Checks. Checks. Mike, check. Mike. Uh, my levels look good. Peter Piper. Peter Piper, Peter Piper, Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Peter Parker. Rachel Summers. Oh, I'm probably just saying our favorite character, I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Welcome to a very special edition of the weekly Mobcast. This is episode 21, and we are kind of live in a atlanta georgia yeah yeah yes uh, hmm. I'm happy and thrilled to have uh, some special guests for me this a- uh, episode Aaron Lynch Kelly our normal co-host uh, is still holding the fort down at spring break in West Virginia doing some kind of crazy things with El Jefe Loco I don't want to know what kind of crazy things him and El Jefe Loco are doing but you know <laughs> they're sports guys they they have to have that sports bonding moment but yes. today I am That's joined true. by Lots of folks. So I'm gonna let everyone introduce themselves, and uh, that'd be awesome. So let's start with
2: my co-host over here. I, uh, I'm Robert Shelton. Uh, known Scotty since uh, we were wee lads. Wee lads. We uh, lads, are uh, lad. Yeah, we're we're from back home in Alabama. It's
0: true. It's true.
3: Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Jason Alvin Thomas. I make Storytown.
3: Yeah. Storytown. Uh, I'm John Cantiz. Uh You can also catch me on Memory Card Radio, part of the Mobcast Network, on YouTube and on Mobcast.com. <laughs> I like how you nice. threw in the plug.
1: <laughs> I appreciated the plug. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we are in um, sunny, little chilly. Uh, Atlanta. Um, yeah, the weather just, over, just turned. turned. It was like beautiful yesterday. Yeah, and warmer the day before, mm-hmm. and just a little cold front came in and just
2: was like, oh yeah,
1: winter. We just won't remember. We're still around. <laughs> I found that
2: uh, whatever they have in Mobile, Alabama, we get two days later. Oh, mm. so that's always a good way to check. <laughs> What's coming? You can't really trust it this time of year. Yeah, it's, that's true. It's, it's going to be really cold
0: today. Tomorrow it might be blistering hot, and then it'll be lasagna from the sky. Is. Oh, I want you that Nah, so, nice. I not trust it. sounds delicious. It's tasty. It's like, oh, look, it's an Olive Garden kind of day. All right. Yeah. You know. it, it would probably be better than Olive Garden, but yeah. <laughs> a
1: little better than Olive Garden. More authentic. You know, a little yeah, Fotalian, yeah. a little better Fotalian. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so we're just going to talk about stuff. Um, I am – did everyone catch Ryan Reynolds' tweet the about Deadpool? the Deadpool costume? Yes. Did, yes. Did, you, did you get to see it? I did not. All right, so um, – It's amazing. So uh, Ryan Reynolds, words, words are hard.
2: Words. <laughs> Ryan
1: Reynolds, uh, of course, is playing Way Wilson in the new Deadpool movie, like he did, um, like everybody wanted him to do, which is kind of cool. He kind of fits the best Deadpool. Yeah. And
3: sure. Um, so he's we, he's actually born to play Deadpool. I would say. <laughs> he was just kind of fit. Came he, out of the womb, the he, doctor slapped him on the butt yes. and was like, "You are Deadpool." You know, you got to
2: start learning how to break the fourth wall right now. Buddy. I would have. I. I He's gonna be a great Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! I was thinking a younger Ryan Reynolds would have made a perfect Peter Parker. You know, just because yeah, he's such a he, smart I mean, he could pull it off. ass. Right? He could pull it off. You know? That's that, cool. kind cool. of the, uh, uh Ramada Senior version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Gotcha. I can feel it. I
2: can you,
1: see I, yeah. I
3: could see him do several superheroes. Honestly, I yeah. feel like Deadpool is what he's born to do. Who
1: else could you see if Ryan Reynolds as? Could
3: probably see him as Daredevil. I could probably see that. Um, yeah, the
2: new Daredevil's coming out in April, so yeah, yeah that, that should be good on the Netflix. <laughs> on the Netflix, thank you, Grandpa. I like good. to put the articles. In front of him. <laughs> at least it's, it's I like the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, you
3: kids and your crazy technology. <laughs> he still doesn't have to call his grandkids to tell them how to operate Netflix. He can at least get on. So he, he, he calls gets me. Gets <laughs> on. He gets on the Twitter.
1: He sends out the tweets. This right. is
3: like email, I think. <laughs>
2: I can't but, at top him more.
1: But the the there was a there was an Insta I think it's Instagram or a tweet of, of the actual
2: costume he's laying on like an a bear rug. Yeah, with a fire a, a roaring fire behind him. The costume looks amazing. It does. It, I mean it looks authentic. It looks It's like the the people that did the uh, Amazing Spider Man two costume. Did the Daredevil or did the, the uh Mark with the mouth mouth costume, the Deadpool costume. Right. Now it, it it's uh form fitting, it's, it's almost I don't know, it just it looks like it's straight out of the comic. Right, right mm-hmm. yeah. It's like some of the best cosplay I've, I've ever seen, mm-hmm. which I, is very cool. I actually
3: had a weird experience when I first learned about it, because Corey was showing me, I swear to God, I, he said, you want to see my new Deadpool costume? I swear to God, that's what he said. Uh, so he showed it to me, and I thought, for a solid two, three seconds, this was him. Right. In front of a roaring fire. Oh on the road. Oh, exactly. you would think that. Yeah, he's I don't really know. gone all out <laughs> for this photo. He, he, he's, I like Corey, but I don't know, <laughs> man. Sometimes he, does, he, just,
1: he, he always doesn't know Corey. Corey's uh, another one of our uh, fellow students who was on this uh, fun trip with us
3: in Atlanta. He's charmingly odd. <laughs> yes, he is beautifully The more I get odd. to know him, the more I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that's normally that would surprise me. Uh, there's an Corey.
1: awards component to this, um, this convention we're in. He's with us because he was nominated for an animated piece. That he did uh, based on, it's um, a PSA based on the need to drink water, yeah. but he did it as a Breaking Bad piece. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's Breaking Soda, and it was nominated, so he's with us on the trip. It's, uh, it's cute, it's funny. It's, we'll pu- it's really cool. We'll post a link at the end of the episode
2: so yes. you can kind of get to it. So, How happy are you if you're Rob Lee you there's, uh, there's
3: a big bus out there, old so
2: Track and field.
3: Okay. I just thought... Maybe we've got a whole new chapter coming in for the afternoon. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be nice to
1: have an And that was Jim Wilson. He's the uh, regional director of the convention. Just kind of wandering in. Kind yes. of reminds me of. Um, did you ever watch the old WKRP in Cincinnati? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Sure. <Shear. laughs> no, he reminds me of um, Arthur Carlson, the guy who owns the place. <laughs> oh man. Yes. He looks straight up like Gordon Jump. Is he like, like
2: having like a Lonnie Anderson at his at his office? He probably does have a Lonnie Anderson at we'll his play office. Sir, we'll, play we'll be <laughs>
0: fixing washers and dryers soon, <laughs> but right now. I like the Baytag reference. We'll play <laughs> Kind
3: of reminds me of like Kelsey Grammer mixed with Fred Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Best of both worlds. Well you're kinda of younger, so I don't think you remember. Gordon junket jump is kind of a <laughs> Fred Thompson mixed with oh, Kelsey Grammer. I like that. So mm-hmm. um, I liked him in Roseanne. <laughs> he, was, he was a great, terrible old man. <laughs>
1: um, WKRP is now on DVD. Is it? Yeah, with the with the original music. Shout, uh, Shout Factory's doing it, and nice. so, yeah. I like how this show has no topic. Well, it's,
0: it's really interesting you say that. The uh, the original music is something that Shout Factory kind of like in its origins uh, was really like fighting for. Shout right. Factory actually was uh, developed right around the the fights to get freaks and geeks onto uh, a media. And so it was a it was a real nightmare to keep the the music, which was you know really critical, right? Uh, especially right. like in that first uh, pilot episode where you know convenes in the dance hall and everything <clears throat> like that. And so yeah, the music rights were something that at the time that they shot it, they weren't thinking about digital distribution or. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Netflix or anything like that. So, oh, how the contracts have changed. Yes, <laughs> the contracts have changed very much. So, it was just really hard to do and Shop Factory kind of got behind that a lot. But I think Freaks and Geeks was like uh, their first or second thing that they released when they were starting out.
1: I know they released the first season of WKRP without the with, with, was a syndicated version. The syndicated version had, had can music in replace of everything. And so, the, they just released season two, part one, I think. Yeah. So, the first 12 episodes. But it has all the original stuff, so I don't know if they're going to go back and reissue it as Season 1. Um, I know there's going to be a complete set if not if if it's not already out with all the original music in it. But I saw when I was in uh, shopping um, last week, I saw Season 2, and I was like, well, that's neat. I have them all digitally. I acquired them with a pirate hat, and um, <laughs> they're these worst, they're horrible co- co- uh, copies off of... Uh, I don't know,
0: Nickelodeon back in the eighties. They're all like Right. It's it's just shot with a, you know, (laughs) camcorder and somebody's dad walking in the TV once (laughs) in a while, like dog barking in the background. Your mom wants you to come downstairs. (laughs) Why won't you mow the yard? Your mom wants you to come
2: downstairs.
0: Why won't you mow the yard? (laughs) (laughs) Um
1: uh, speaking of music rights, because that, that's what you reminded me of, because um, you mentioned it in your topic.
0: Um, I was just talking about it recently. All right, exactly. Somebody exactly, I was yeah, talking
1: yeah. to, so yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you, I, you... You're too young. I don't know how old you are, but you and I are the same age. Are same age. Mm-hmm. And so, do you remember when Fox Network first launched? Oh, yeah. Sure.
0: Uh, uh, Jump Street. 87? Let's see. Wait, Duet? Oh! Look at Duet, Duet. 21 Duet. Jump Street. Uh... Married, Married with, with Children, children Tracy Ullman Show, Women in
1: Prison, yes, Women in Prison, prison was a lead up to, to, to Married with Children,
0: and uh, uh, Boys I Will Be Boys, which brought
1: something. us, um, uh, uh, Matthew Perry was in that. Was he? Yeah. Um, no, but no, 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 no. Second Chance was first. Second Chance, was, uh, Boys Will Be Boys with a spinoff. Nice.
2: nice.
1: Duets was a spinoff, too, of, uh, uh, or Duets had a spinoff. Duets
2: had a spinoff
1: about the reality, with the, the realty yeah, yeah, company.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look at us! A lot of stuff that John's f- just like quiet. Like, I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
0: just... <laughs> All right, the reason why I bring this up, you were, I actually you remember the first year of ABC? They had <laughs> Soupy <laughs> Sales, <laughs> Dick <laughs> Clark's uh, American Bandstand, your show Fair. shows, <laughs> the Thousand Year Old Man. Oh man, those are good. Oh, babies. good, good days. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Remember
3: when they invented the automobile? We were walking everywhere with River, horses. River,
1: River it was me and Shecky Green just sitting <laughs> it down. It and was, watching. Cold, before it was really cold before fire. It And then, I, then Prometheus, he brought uh, it brings uh, it down it to was, us. He, he and got like, he had a lot of trouble for that. I, right. I know a guy that
2: knew him. They were roommates. You,
0: now, you guys like, you guys are audio people. Do you like Stan Freeberg? Do you know Stan Freeberg? No, uh, no. Not, remind me. Uh, Stan Freeberg was just an incredible like radio person. So a lot of the voiceover people from Hanna-Barbera right. came from the Stan Freeberg. So if you listen to these old stan freeberg shows oh, cool. you will completely hear like you know huckleberry hound in there <laughs> and it's all like a voice a character voice actors old classic show where all these guys when they weren't doing cartoon voices would be on stan freeberg's show oh that's awesome and another audio guy you might know is is gene shepherd do, you know gene gene Shepard, Shepard? Yeah. do you know do you know anything about uh a boy named sue the song a boy named sue? i know she silverstein wrote it yeah and then, so um, jo- Johnny Cash Jack performed it, it. Right. Shell Silverstein wrote it, but it was Gene Shepard's idea. So you have this trinity of Gene Shepard, <laughs> who nice. was the guy who wrote uh, the Christmas story and, right. and voice actor, uh, voiceovered it. But he, he was doing a radio uh, program with a, a big cult following for a long time. That's how the Christmas story came about. Right. These are his stories of growing up with Flick and everybody. And then Shell Silverstein uh, wrote the, the words and, and Johnny Cash performed it. So it's just this bizarre combination of people. And I just... Always, just kind of imagine them hanging out together in a bar and just like <laughs> shooting. In and the they bar. all have different
2: drinks. It's like Johnny Johnny Cash has a bourbon. You know. see, I don't think they'd have Whiskey, some like,
1: like uncharacteristic drinks, like you know. Mai Tai. Yeah, like Johnny I mean, Cash Johnny Cash's got a Mai Tai. <laughs> yeah. Shell
0: Shel Silverstein would have uh, just like you know something with like a crazy straw. Right. And Gene Shepard would just be uh, spilling his drink <laughs> off, of, off on to uh, people and licking it off of them. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Before
1: I went from, from that tangent to uh, the reason I went to the Fox end is because of the music thing I was going to sure. mention. So, uh, do you remember Werewolf? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was, it didn't last long. But yeah. That was about season. Yeah. There's like not as weird. good as Manimal. Not well. No, not, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not, what is really? No, uh, <laughs> but there's Chuck Connors. Good. Chuck Connors is in Werewolf, okay. so I, I I would say yes, better than Manimal because <laughs> it has Chuck Connors.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. That was that was supposed to come out on DVD. Uh, about three years ago. I have a bootleg copy I picked up at Dragon Con, speaking of Atlanta. And um, it's one of those shows that he's like, I, I, I haven't seen this since I was 87, so was 10. Yeah. And so it was one of those things that was Sunday night at 9.30 and it was like, Mom, 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 can I stay up to watch the Werewolf show? And so like every other
0: show I'd get to see because, you know, moms. And <laughs> did that come on after Beauty and the
2: Beast or did you have to choose? I had to choose. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't into Beauty and the Beast. I, 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 we I didn't know that George R. R. Martin was writing it, right? Yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know about him until like about five years ago. Right. I was like, oh, my God, this is a whole world of awesome, the, the, you know, just of right. those books. When you think about Beauty and the Beast. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. What is
0: something that when you found out who was involved in it, you had to reevaluate
2: it later? Roseanne. Okay. Who Josh. was who was the person in Roseanne Josh that Wheaton. made you? Okay. I yeah. didn't know that. Alright. Yeah, we were like two or three episodes. You yeah, I think he was a big
1: influence in Roseanne. I think no, he was, he, he, was, he was just like just a minor, season like a like a season. Scotty, did you have anything? Oh well get back to me, let me think.
3: Um, you mean like reevaluated in like a negative way, like, oh no, that- No, uh, like, like, me? uh,
0: or, like I watched Have Gun Will Travel, and I liked it, right. and then I found out that Gene Roddenberry was writing it, and kind of, kind of had to watch it again. I was like, oh wow, okay, now right. I'm looking Just for look at it tolerance and intelligence and all these You things. know,
3: I didn't realize Young Frankenstein was a Mel Brooks movie for like ten years. I don't know what my problem was, I don't know why it didn't click, but then once, once I realized that, because it, it was stylized differently. I know right? I why. Kind of sense. I know,
2: it was written why? by Gene Wilder. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. that's why. And it's, it's like one of the, I think it's the only. There are film not
0: as many rabbis I mean, you <laughs> kind of as you would normally him, expect.
2: Him. You would expect to see a lot more rabbis in their yeah. uh, uh, It's I think it's the only film that uh, Mel Brooks didn't write. What well, did he Did he just direct? Yeah. I oh, mean, he, he, he added flares. Like, I, I read that when I was in college. At South Alabama, I read the screenplay. Go Jaguars. Go Jags. <laughs> and I read the, I read the screenplay by Wilder, and I was you know it was like it's pretty much the movie, but you can see the changes. You're like oh that's classic Mel Brooks kind of stuff. and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, 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 he's really yeah. insisting on Marty yeah. Feldman yeah. for the sex appeal, you know. Did so, Pryor
1: so. do some work on it too? Say what? Did Richard Pryor do some writing on that too?
2: Yeah, I was reading about a month thought... ago, in prior and Pryor and. Uh, Wilder and Brooks—they kind of got together a little bit on some of that stuff. Because
1: I know they originally wanted Richard Pryor for that part, with the the uh, studio nixed that idea, and so which would have been funny. Well, he was Wait, that wasn't work that dude, wasn't he? no, no, no. I no, think uh, I'm, I'm Blazing Saddles. Saddles. I'm, yeah. I'm confusing my 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 Albert. It's all one big movie. I can, you know, <laughs> it <laughs> would that <laughs> would totally
2: change Blazing Saddles with Pryor in the role.
1: Oh yeah, of course it would.
2: You know. I, I don't know. I don't know that it would be better. I I, I like Levon Little. I right, little I do too.
1: Little. I I think it'd be uh, uh, different.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: only way to explain it,
2: um, yeah, different. Pardon <laughs> I me mean, while I whip me. this out.
1: Hold on. I'm gonna have to say Josh Whedon too on this. I will tell you why. Um, I was not a Whedon fan. Not because I wasn't a Whedon fan. Because the shows at the time he was doing were not shows I'd watch. So I didn't watch
0: Buffy. Yeah. I didn't watch Angel. Um, you were too busy with Werewolf. And- <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the good Chuck stuff. Connors, man. Yeah, I down. had priorities. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just shows and yeah. I just never... So um, I'm in Massachusetts, and um, I go see this movie called Serenity because it looked like a space movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll go see a space movie, and I watch it. And it's the most amazing thing I've yes. seen in, like, 10 years. Wow. And then I was like, oh, that's Josh Whedon. there's a sh- I didn't know there was a show based on it. And there was like, oh, no, see the show Firefly. And so I watched the show Firefly and, of course...
0: I actually what? have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about <laughs> right now. So, uh, I I mean, can't. Yeah. Well, well, all right, all right. So there's this guy named Josh <laughs>
1: <laughs> He kind of does a s- space western called what is, Firefly. What is
0: space in western? <laughs> uh, that's like, actually a really good way to get into Firefly uh, if you think about it. It's not the worst thing in the world to get... Uh, that resolution, and then come back to some oh, yeah, stuff exactly. building up to it. Like, there's actually a lot of things like I have experienced that way, where I saw kind of the bigger work, and then get to go back and see the build up into it, right. and I kind of write that way sometimes. Just That's it's it's a kind of an interesting way to experience. Firefly
1: it. fans always questioned the fact that how, how I could do the the big film and then go see the, the show. Same same and I, I, same and I, and I said well. You gotta understand I'm in the age of Star Wars. I, I know an ending of a movie before I see a beginning of a movie. I've seen you know, I've seen how the trilogy ends and then, you know, you know, eighteen years later they start the trilogy anew. Well, Doctor like, Who's like that. The Doctor Who's like if you're
0: watching Doctor Who now and right. you love it enough that you kinda wanna go back and watch them walk around in a rock quarry for a couple of hours. Right. <laughs> that's not that's pretty because cool, 'cause you're seeing like this back history and it's it's a very, very different experience and all that. But it's a cool way to experience it is just to go back and see like what got us here? You know, where's where's this and coming from? Classic Who is a completely <coughs> different feel from
2: the reboot. Yeah,
1: there's I'm, a lot of organ music. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I I can do some of the '80s, the
2: Tom Baker stuff. I guess. Right. I can do a little bit of that because that stuff's on, there's a few episodes of that on Netflix. Baker was uh, uh, David Tennant's favorite doctor. Right. Yeah, it, I'm thinking like no, 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 knew, no, he wasn't. Was no, was, uh, his father-in-law was his favorite doctor. Yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter Davidson. Was, no, was, uh, yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter Davison. No, uh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he did that. Have you seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You're my doctor. It's a little yeah.
0: indulgent, but yeah, you're my right. you were my doctor. Oh, this is like ah, <laughs> it's it's disgusting. disgusting. I it's like great. The,
2: the first episodes of it, and you're like, okay, and especially like when you compare it to like the usual '60s versions of like uh, your Twilight Zones and that stuff, you see that they're very much stage actors that are now kind of pioneering this uh, right. television yeah. world, you know? And right. You and so the acting is definitely different, it's very slow paced. Compared to now Yeah Did you guys get Well, Dr. Doc- Who's is really
0: interesting Because it's such an old show it, it completely is a time capsule Of the history of television Right uh, The first uh, episodes You know, they don't have them anymore And uh, there's there's a couple of, of episodes Of the first uh, season um, And they they didn't know what reruns were There wasn't such a thing as a rerun It was something that like Hadn't even invented that concept yet they It was more like
3: stage or something It's more like theater Like
0: well, what they could do is they could set up a camera and they could wire it out and, and, and send it But they hadn't had a really good way to record on a magnetic media yet mm-hmm. So they would wire the shows out to like where they need to go, I think, you know And so there was this thing called kinescope So if you really wanted to save something you would set up a, a film camera on a monitor and film it, and that's how you could save it for posterity. Right. And why would they do that? It is a children's show about a guy in a, a wooden box. It's mm-hmm. just not worth saving. And then uh, you get into the uh, the second Doctor, and they were, you know, starting to get into film, I think, uh, or into uh, recording onto tape. And the uh, or or maybe they're sending out films. Yeah, they were yeah, sending out films. The they were affiliates. sending out films. Right. So I'm watching this collection of Patrick Troughton shows, uh, and they have some bonus features of lost episodes. And there's episodes that I, like, read the scripts to when I was a kid but hadn't seen. So uh, the, he, he fought this, like, robot Yeti, and I yes. never got to see the robot <laughs> Yeti. And I was like, oh, boy, I, mean, I hope they can they show the robot Yeti, right? So I'm seeing all these, like, really, you know, violent clips of Doctor Who. It's, it's somebody getting hit on the head. It's this robot Yeti attacking someone, and then somebody getting shot, and then somebody falling downstairs getting punched, and Mm -hmm. like all these clips of dog, but they all have this one thing in common, and that is that they're they're like there's some violence to them, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. old, uh, you know, uh, '40s violence or whatever, but or '50s violence, but um, yes, there. And so I started finding out like how they got these clips, and the reason they got these clips. Was that when the shows, all the shows are destroyed because uh, they're on film stock and it's crumbled by now, right. weathered? All these shows went to Australia, which has always had heavy censorship as far mm-hmm. as drugs. Like, like Bioshock uh, couldn't get played over mm-hmm. in uh, Australia because of the drug use. And uh, they've always been really heavy into censorship. So there's a guy who was getting these Doctor Who episodes in, and taking the films and cutting out the violent parts and putting them into a desk. <laughs> so <laughs> they found this desk, desk and they open it up and there's like all these pieces of film like little spools of just the violent parts that Australia was trying to protect everyone <laughs> from. And that's all we have it's now of those episodes. It's like a desk of is, violence. Yeah. It's a desk <laughs> of violence. <laughs> like, hilarious. no one must ever see <laughs> these. No one must, she'll put them in the desk, Listen, and if, no one if will if ever have to see them again. And now that's that's literally all we have.
2: I, every if your country is based off of uh, your ancestors were convicts that were too violent for yeah. the UK, Sorry, Australia. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you're stepping on Australia's
0: toes. They're not that far away. They really aren't. Look at they could just get here on right. their boats. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy Australia can't use planes. They're just over there watching no. the good neighbors without the violent parts in them. Planes are too
1: violent. mean <laughs> 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 We don't want to give them violence anyway. We we've seen how it ends up. We've all seen Mad Max. Right, Exactly. We know, what and we're, and we're
2: probably going to see it again. I mean, I'm expecting yeah, right. What, was, what were the cars that they used? Was it a, a Ford? The, like, Charger? It no, it was it, it, it was some. It was a Ford. I forget what it was, but it was like a Fairlane or, or something. And, and they were all because of budget. They were all these like, Escort maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was a Ford Escort. It was yeah. a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> You got a room for your
0: luggage. That's right. Yes, <laughs> The Chevy Cavalier is just true. running out. <laughs> oh, I have. You know what? I have things for you guys. Yeah, now I give you these. Yeah, things? yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll let you guys pick. But uh, it is a shirt, a copy of a place to see, and a variant pickles figure.
1: Oh, very nice. Free nice. oh, um,
0: I'm going to take the book. Okay.
1: <laughs> I love books. I'll take the shirt. He's a triple I'll X. I will not take
2: the shirt. <laughs> I'll switch
1: with you. I'll take the shirt. The shirt's mine. I'll, uh, Big guy, thanks
0: man. Thank you so oh, thank much. You yeah. much.
1: Thank you very much. That's awesome. Well, that's a great segue. To t- Why are you here?
0: I am here to talk about Storytown. Let's talk about Answer Storytown. Storytown related questions or uh, complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to leave the complaints open. Like if you want. Have you got one? Have you ever been like, well,
1: I'm uh, not sure. It's a little sad times. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I, it, it's it, would, it's weird.
1: I don't know. I, I would call it sad. I would call it real. And I think that's what I like about it. It, it's um all right. So, I guess we should probably talk about what it is. I'll let you explain because I mean, it's, it's your your project, and I'll uh,
0: Red Rocket Forum is my studio, and uh, it's where we make T-shirts and paintings and other kinds of things based on designs and stories that, that I write. So, um, you know, we've been doing conventions for a long time, and and shows and festivals and uh, different projects, and yeah. Redrocketfarm.com is you know, got all of our stuff in. There'll be links like
1: at the bottom of this, but the, the, your, your big project, your big push is uh, Storytown. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us all about Storytown.
0: Uh, Storytown is a, uh, a series of pages of a story to keep you company all day long uh, when it runs. And it, it accumulates in being a book, but as it's running, as I'm posting the pages, uh, I'm, I'm usually drawing them live as we go, uh, and I give uh, the readers a chance to interact with the story. So there'll be uh, choices that they have to make as to um, what they want to do, or I'll make them do something. So I I had a a character who was going to freeze to death unless they posted photos of their cats. And it couldn't be any cats, it had to be their actual cats, or a cat that they knew personally. And so uh, they had to post, like, 300 photos of cats so he wouldn't freeze to death. And so they did that. And there's all these cats holding little cards and being <laughs> nice. sad and everything like that, you know. Um, so there's there's an interactive uh, element to it just because it's fun to make thing, people do things or say things or, right. you know, be nice to each other. And, um, yes, yeah, so the stories, uh, they, they go on until they get done. Some of them are short. I think I did one that was just... Uh, Thirteen pages last week. Uh, the cat with brown eyes, and then um, to lumber home is like eighty pages. So, so where did the idea come from? It it actually uh, it happened really organically. Uh, I was working on um, a sculpture for a uh, store that was doing an art show where they wanted to have um, they wanted to have these mods and and vinyl modding is basically where you. Uh, a, a, take the blank vinyl figures that you've seen that everybody's kind of noticed in the store and you dress them up or decorate them in some way mm-hmm. and there's people who just take this very, very seriously and, and do it full-time. There are artists and craftsmen who are, are famous in this culture. Right. Um, like everybody knows their names mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I got asked to be in the show which was really intimidating because uh, that, that's a new thing to me. And um, so I was trying to do this uh, robot and um, the idea that he was he would have a balloon on his head and he could he could fly Um, and so I started doing a uh, tutorial on how I did it just so we would you know have some cool pictures for people to see what I've been working on and so um, as I'm doing this I'm getting bored it's uh, middle of the night and it's late in the evening and I'm just like this is really boring I mean the people who are reading Red Rocket Farms uh, feed aren't necessarily people who want to learn how to make a vital figure look like a robot that has a balloon on his head. Right. So I started writing the story where I'm starting to talk to him. like I'm, I'm actually cutting him with the X-Acto knife blade and he starts squeaking and talking to me. And so I'm staying nice. up all night long <laughs> and I'm just like writing about how this guy is complaining about me pulling the back of his head out and reaching in there and doing stuff to him. And then halfway through it he decides he wants to fly. He wants me to help him fly. And so I'm talking to him and, and, and what I started doing was making it so that I knew he wouldn't be able to because he's just too heavy and the story's called too heavy and so he's he's talking to me saying I'm so excited about being able to fly and I'm just like oh it'll be great he's so happy I'm sure it'll be fine um, and everybody kind of noticed it and uh, it got really popular and um, it, it kind of uh, made me realize that there was uh, a place for something like that so uh, kept doing it with other stories.
1: It's 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 really it's cool. cool. I like the interactive part about it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I've been in a, I've participated in a few of them, and uh, so it's it's great to pass the day along. You know, you know, between you know, for us between classes, and, and I work on campus, so it's like oh, I gotta get to the computer, see what the next page is. Yeah. And that's and that's a that's a fun thing about it. And of course, you know, we share everything we get, and uh, it's it's I love the artwork. The artwork's beautiful. Oh, thank Obviously, you. Truly, truly, um Who are some of your influences?
0: Uh. You know,
1: um, just your brain. <laughs> no, I mean I
0: definitely have some. Uh, I I, uh, I met Mobius when I was a kid, and I know oh, everybody says. Oh, that's Mobius, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I was a, I was a really little kid, and I met this guy. I didn't know who he was, but he had posters, and my sister and I went up to him, and it's uh, a cheek Rod, and he was so incredibly nice, and it was it was like uh, the the first celebrity I ever had met as a child. And he was really, really nice. And so I started following his artwork, and I started reading the Elsewhere prints when I was older and uh, reading Blueberry and everything that he was doing in Arzok and everything. And I started just noticing how much of an influence he had on everyone and, and what he was working on when he was doing the Space Suit's an Alien or when uh, Studio Ghibli was, was doing Nausicaa and it was obviously very influenced on Mobius and, right. you know... Um, it was uh, it was just like wow. Everybody likes this guy, and he's just so nice. He's just an incredibly nice person. Well, I'm jealous. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is about about being. Um, well, I, I, I wish I had appreciated it more. Right. Well, and I was just like, who is this French person? He's so kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think okay, I was sorry. like eleven. It was like, um, so, uh, the thing about being influenced by by something is that it's okay. Uh. To start out like that, because at the end of the day, what you're doing is going to be so different. I mean, oh, yeah. you have been doing it for years; it's just going to completely deviate from it. And I've just known so many artists who, or, or writers, who are horrified at the idea of picking up somebody else's style too much. But if if you're working on making it your own, it'll be unrecognizable eventually.
1: Oh, so. I believe the same way. I mean, I mean, with with my writing, and I mean, I've got my my influences. Um, um, Comic-wise, I'm influenced by you know, I'm very dialogue-heavy when I write comics or scripts, and so I, Brian Michael Bendis is just—he's oh, yeah. very dialogue-heavy. And while we we have different subjects we talk about, but yeah, he's an influence. Uh, Mark Miller, um, um Grant Morrison, um, Claremont—I mean, Claremont, Claremont sure. Chris Claremont, I mean, the, right. the the King of the X-Men, right there. I mean, I mean, I mean—that's how I learned to write to, uh, sc- sc- uh, scripts and comics. I mean, it was just, I mean. I read prose as a kid, but you know, I, I, and I, I write some little prose now because the same way when I read, read prose, it, prose it just I get bored. My mind wanders too much, and so I, I give me like four or five pages, I'll give you a good short story. But I get over that. I'm just you know doing one on the walls or doing something else, and so um, you know I, it, I agree. It's important to have those influences. You've got to have you got to have a starting point. Yeah, and you know, things just doesn't happen <laughs> that organically. You know, right. Right? you've just
2: got to have you know something to. to you can be that seed, but you gotta have something to water it. And well, even Jim Lee started by aping John Byrne. Right. Right? And then J. Scott Campbell by aping Jim Lee and Playboy. <laughs> yes.
0: And so, uh, it's, it's, it's it's primarily a writing thing for me. Right? The, the art is a secondary thing. Um, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, what are your writing influences? My writing influences are. Um, I mean, I, I have early influences like John Irving and, you know, but, um, yeah. Hey,
1: f- yeah, for me, I mean, like, um, I guess I uh, for thing stuff, so I got a cut my teeth off when I was a kid watching Tales from the Dark Side and mm-hmm. uh, Monsters and stuff, you know. There, yeah. uh, I, I'm a fan of the, um, the 85 Twilight Zone, so oh, yeah. Wes Craven wrote some of that stuff and, um, uh, Steam King wrote one or two, but, um, Harlan Ellison wrote a bunch of them. And I, I had the pleasure of meeting Harlan Ellison, and that man is beautifully crazy. Is he? He's just, I mean, incredibly
0: talented and knows it, and is just. I'm sure no one would, would argue that, that Harlan Ellison is not a delight. <laughs> I had nothing but fun with it. Uh, uh,
1: we met him at MegaCon in 2002, and when we were uh, just trying to, you know, uh, try, to, try to. It was our first convention as a as a vendor. Right. And so we we had our little comic. We had no. We were way out of our element. And um, we're in Artist Alley, and there's just these two gentlemen, these guys, wise, and they've got this awesome hip-hop rap comic with, with about cars right by us. And they're running the the Grand soundtrack on on, their, on a CD player.
3: <laughs>
1: and across the across the aisle is Harlan Ellison. They they have a celebrity uh, signing at during the day, and Ellison's there, and he's signing. And he stops the signing for a minute and stands up and walks over to the other table where the two guys are and says, I will give you a dollar if you will turn that shit off. Uh. <laughs> and he reaches into his wallet, puts a dollar on the table. <laughs> And one guy goes, Well, if you sign it, I'll t- we'll turn it down. So he says, Fine. He says, so they somewhere have a dollar bill signed by Harlan oh, Ellison so they can turn down the music. So I'm that's glad what they thought to ask him to sign That's it. the only Harlan Ellison story I have. But I have a Harlan Ellison story. It's a good story so to have. I have yeah. a Harlan Ellison story. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, So where can we find this beautiful work?
0: Uh, it's at redrocketfarm.com. Uh, and there's a storytown area there. Um, you can also go to story-town.com.
1: Cool. Uh we'll put we'll post links at the bottom of the episode so
2: everyone can get to them. Um tell me a little bit about the art. I know the writing okay. comes first, but mm-hmm. I, I really like this art. What are you drawing it on?
0: Uh, I'm drawing it on a Wacom Cintiq. It's it's uh yes. kind of the only way I can do eight pages a day. Yeah. So when when that one was done it was it was eight or nine pages a day for the most part. That's the dream. Yeah, eight, eight pages mom? a day.
1: That that's a beast. Yeah, uh, yeah but I mean it, it, it's hard. It
0: it really does kinda have to be done that way because like um like you get to this point, like, I'm looking through it, and, like, here's the interaction at the end, and it's asking people, like, this, this cat might die here that he's carrying. Like, he's, he's carrying this thing around, and I don't know what's going to happen at this point. So I'm drawing this, and I've been up for two days straight, and I can't even see, and I don't know if this cat's going to be alive or not. So I have to kind of, like, draw uh, as we
2: go. I was uh, reading Stephen King's book on writing, uh-huh. and uh, that's kind of like, his, his approach is like, as he's writing it, it's like, I don't know where they're going to go. As opposed to, say, like George R. R. Martin, who he knows exactly what, what's going to happen with John and Tyrion and Daenerys. You know, and it's, a, it's a fun way to write, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it kind of keeps you uh, in the journey of it. You're kind of reading it with everybody else a little bit. So, I guess this is a psychology question, I guess.
1: Is, is, is the... Because I mean, you you know, you're working two days straight, and you're delirious, and you have got this, mm-hmm. and you don't know if I mean, if something that it's it's hard for me to imagine you not getting attached to. Oh, I get really attached. Yeah, get to, to I mean, because you know, in, in the end, you've created this, mm-hmm. and you're you're and you're guiding this journey along with with outside forces. I mean, do you do you have you come across with things where you were hoping it wouldn't go the right way and like, something would die or didn't die, or something you were kind of like, oh, I wish it would have I mean, I stop. get upset
0: with everybody else. If, if, if a character dies, uh, it, it, it really does tear me up. I, I feel it. This is something I've got a lot of investment in, I've been thinking about. And I'm rooting for them, you know? Right, right. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not always a happy ending, and the, the, the little rabbit doesn't always get out alive. And, you know, sometimes a story is more poignant, and it, and it communicates a message... Uh, despite the fact that your favorite character didn't make it, right, and it's kind of just indulgent uh, to write in a way where you personally get what you want out of it, which most I people mean, do, I you mean... know what? Well, what I would permit what I would personally want out of it would be a story about me sitting at home and having people just bring me uh, pomegranate juice and peanut butter and jelly. Uh, sandwiches on waffles, like Eggo waffles that are microwave for one minute <laughs> so they're nice and soft and you put peanut butter and jelly on them and you bring it to me and that would be my story because that's what I would want to happen right. in real life. That would be delightful to me. And so at some point you have to just, like make the decision that the story that you're trying to write has to be as good as it can be for people and move them and resonate uh, more than getting what you personally want out of it and what you hope happens. Right. Sometimes uh, the thing that you hope happens um, isn't isn't what happens, and it's sad, but uh, it 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 makes the story make more sense.
1: I think it's incredibly bold um, for you to <coughs> to invite your readers to have a, a say in this journey along with you, because you know most you know most writing happens in one head in, in your head, and then then you share it. But you're sharing it as we're going along, and I mean. That next step to, to to invite someone to have a, a, a say in someone's fate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very very
0: bold. I mean, it's a it's an important part of it. I I think in Something in the Woods it was really critical. Uh, Something in the Woods is a story about uh, at its heart xenophobia and it's about being scared of you know things that are different. And so you have this couple who are living in the woods. And something is coming closer to the house at night. And it's actually that thing. Right. Uh, it's coming closer to the house at night. And it's already getting... You know, it's already really scary looking. And then it opens its mouth. And there's a spider inside. And they don't want this... You know, they're freaking out. And they're they're screaming and crying. And so I ask everyone... Basically, you know, who should go close this thing out of the house? Or should it get in? Right. <clears throat> and the readers are just definitely don't, you know, let it in. So, it didn't come in the house. And uh, then we shift the story so that you understand what's going on there a little more. Mm-hmm. And what that element of interaction means is that they're actually in the story, and they made that decision with the character. So, as you're getting to know this creature with the spider in its mouth, and getting to like it, right? It eventually... It's going to get cold and not be able to come to the house and there will be a price for that. And so they're realizing that they did that. They voted to do that. And it's the difference between watching a scary movie and playing a scary video game. Where you're watching somebody go down in the basement and you're saying, Oh, you shouldn't go in the basement. Or you're in Silent Hill and you're like, Oh my god! I gotta go in that basement. I really don't want to. And you're doing it. It's a very different experience. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to kind of make something like that where people felt like that they were
2: along for the ride a little more. It definitely makes them more invested into the story.
0: Yeah, Something in the
1: Woods was the first one I got when I got got the link for, and just it is. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a neat story. dance and, and you're right. It's got that, that 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 moment where you're just like. Were, you, were you,
0: What surprised
1: you about Something in the Woods?
0: Um. The multitude of directions
1: it goes, it's, it's, you, and what I like about the, all your stories is that the, the ones I've read that are, you think you're going to get one thing and you get something totally different. You're like, I'm expecting, oh, the story about a couple and it's going to be, an, oh, oh and there's this, this this other element from outside coming in and you're like, oh, where this is going to go is this going to get in the house and kill everybody. You don't yeah. know and it's. It, it was. I mean, I remember, you know, i, I got to get, get to class, and, uh, uh, okay, the class is an hour and 15 minutes. Hopefully there will be something updated by then, and, you know, I'm <laughs> checking. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's so it's it's, it, I mean, it's it's very, very cool. So, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm a fan.
0: Was there ever a moment that hit you especially hard? Where you're just like, oh, that's it. Oh.
1: I, I mean, I have to think oh, a little bit. Ask me those emotional questions, I wouldn't expect. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to make you lover.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I said
0: I wouldn't do this. Did, did you read Lumber I have not yet. Okay.
1: But,
3: uh,
0: I, mean, I
1: think I have to, I, there has to be. I, I, uh, oh, I don't see. get me all upset? Let's see. I'm not upset. That's all right. It's all right. But. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. It is an audio podcast. We don't need dead air. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I,
3: I do like you made a sub-point about how video games are basically better than movies, which I totally agree. They, At least they're more interactive. They have
0: the option to be. Right. You know, they have they the option blue. to be. Um, because you're experiencing it in a different <laughs> way where, where you are actually there. And the problem with video games is that they're just starting to you Know really draw from that so yeah. I mean, it's still an when, you're, when you're watching, you know, when you're playing special. the old Silent Hill games and they're cool and everything, but then you play The Last of Us mm-hmm. and you're just, oh my god, that tore me We played, um, I mean, that yeah. tore me up, yeah, me too. And The Walking yeah. Dead, The Walking mm-hmm. Dead video game, uh, by uh, Telltale is yeah. just emotionally the, uh, devastating, book, right? yeah,
3: yeah, yeah not, not survival instinct, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, we play what do we play, um. We were at, um, was it GameX? GameRax? Gamex? GameX. GameX, right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right across near the aquarium in the world of Coke. Um, right. We were doing touristy things yesterday. Yes, we yeah, were. Yeah. I, had, I had my camera on my and neck. And did you try all the Cokes? Yeah, we did try all the yeah, Cokes. Did you have What's the Cokes? one that's
0: horrible? Beverly. Yeah. Beverly is the Beverly. name Beverly. of the Coke yeah. that's yeah. there. Well, I years.
1: didn't have
3: to let he just popped <laughs> it up. <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> For the most part, though, they were all pretty good. I went to school
0: with a girl named Beverly, and she was very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and so Dude. I've always been able to remember the name of the Coke that form. is terrible because I remember this little you're... girl. She was like in also third terrible. grade, and she's just a terrible, bitter little girl. Of, of course, you're drinking <laughs> Beverly, and
1: you're wondering, who enjoys this?
0: Right. <laughs> it's that girl. That's the only... That's why they named bitter it women, that. That's how they are right. just Bitter little like girls... Drink Beverly. And the ad is just this girl with, with just scowling with huge <laughs> eyebrows. Just <laughs> scowling. Just eyebrows no right one loves me. It. Yeah. It's a unbrow. It's a She's unibrow. Sitting here with a rabbit under her arm. Judging and the us. rabbit's just like hanging by its front paws, like it's just his chin is on her arm and she's got him squeezed in a headlock and she's drinking Beverly and just glaring. <laughs> All in black and white like a
1: gloom card. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. Sounds like a nightmare.
1: Um yeah, Beverly was um something. At- at- atrocious. Um ah. We did try to do a story st- about Beverly. <laughs> it's called but... <laughs> It's <Beverly> yeah. <laughs> Next one Storytown, Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> a very special story town. <laughs> Beverly, that's how they get you. No, I did like
2: I did like uh I, just, I was checking out uh this your stuff last night okay. on the Facebook and stuff and Thank uh, you very well. I liked you had things on there like... Say something nice about yourself. You know, and people were coming on there saying good things and, like, self-affirmations.
0: Yeah, uh... I thought that was a nice touch. There's some really amazing stuff. Um People are, you know... They're really incredible. I had done this story, uh, The Cat with Brown Eyes, which was the most recent one. It's mm-hmm. a short one. And it's about a, a cat uh who is rare and wonderful and special, but has... You know, just doesn't really see that in herself, and so the zookeeper is kind of you know befriending her and uh, talking to her about that. So, uh, but she's really good about seeing the beauty and other things. She really likes elephants, and she's a very you know appreciative person. And it's it's interesting because as as fans of things, and and I am, and and my readers are fans of things, we're appreciators, and and that sometimes means that. You're so good at loving things and you're so good about seeing amazing, beautiful, awesome stuff and thinking about it and getting passionate about it and it is so hard for people to like themselves. Oh yeah. And this, this is, these are people who will talk for hours and hours, just like we are now, about the things that we just love like crazy, passionately, on the edge of their seats eyes open wide drooling fanatics about frank miller or about mobius or petticoat junction or whatever your thing is and really excited and uh at the same time they'll want to talk to someone that they like but then they'll think that they wouldn't like uh them back or that they would impose on them or they're not good enough oh and we get so good at seeing amazing beauty everywhere else and so the story is kind of about that principle and so early on in the story i asked people to say something nice about someone they knew and everybody did and then later on in the story i said this one's harder say something nice about yourself and so there's just hundreds of comments of people talking about things like that and it's really interesting I mean,
1: I'm, I've been going through this process, too, because, um, you know, applying for grad school, you've got to do that... that Self-sale. That self-sale. That, that self you've got to do this this paper about, well, why you and what makes you special? And and you said you're from Georgia, and, and you and I are both from Alabama. You know, and yeah. I have this... It's not only hard, harder for us to talk about ourselves, we're taught not to. It's bragging. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's don't a whole brag. culture in the South, that no, no, you don't brag about anything. Mm-hmm. And so...
0: And, uh... Well, there's a difference between bragging and loving yourself. Right, right. Right? The, but right. but they, they feel connected, don't right, they? Right, I right. mean, it's When so you're taught to never brag or boast right. or be, you know, what we don't do in our society, which is probably a good thing. Right. There's the other part of it where, what is the side effect there? What is the part where you're like not used to being able to toot your own horn and so you also kind of like hate the way you think or you go to bed
2: and you start thinking of the people you've wronged years ago or the stupid things you've said, right. you know. I uh, I'm in the process of applying for other teaching jobs, so by day I'm a teacher here in uh, around Atlanta.
1: By night okay. he's a superhero. <laughs> That's right. It's the spandex is
2: really <laughs> binding, you know. But uh, during the daytime, you know, I've decided okay, I'm going to move my family to a, a different spot, you know, I want my kid to grew up in a certain area by water and kind of like I did. Uh, but, but a lake, right, mm-hmm. so there's a particular spot I want to go into like Forsyth County In a holler. A yeah, holler, if you will A if you will, <laughs> a holler, uh, yeah, if you will. Down From West Virginia, holler. we know what haulers oh, are yeah, yeah. Right? So, so, <laughs> Two separate haulers So now I'm going to these uh, these interviews and I'm talking with these principals and stuff and the, I'm one of maybe 200 candidates for this one position that's open now, you know, and so I have to find myself bragging which is what it feels like, you know, or acknowledging my worth. Why me over all of these people? Right. And that's hard. That's hard but you do. know what? There's another part of it that you don't know about. And I didn't
0: know this until I was in a position where I had to hire people to work at Red Rocket Farm. And that the other part of it is that when you are hiring people, all you want is that next person to come in and be a good fit. You put out a Craigslist ad or you, you know, reach out. And... Um, Uh, At some point we got to the point where we felt comfortable talking to our fans about who wanted to work at Red Rocket Farm. Uh, And I I, I was concerned about that for a long time uh, because I hate the idea of having somebody who's been a fan for three years sitting in front of me and having to say, uh, we're going to choose someone else. What is my favorite, you know? And um, that's just mortifying to me. I hate being in that position. But at some point, as I wanted people. Where's the crown? <laughs> mm. Well, it's a, it's a, it's it's hard because I love everybody who is you know uh, commenting and getting involved. And it, right now, it's kind of at this uh, transitional place where it's a still kind of a family unit. Right. Uh, the people who are commenting and active, they I kind of know them. I, I'm just every time we'll do a story town, Coco will show up, or a Gina will show up, or Danny, or Alden, or Cricket, or. You know you name it and it's Eric and we know them and we're like oh gosh you know guess what Natalie's now upset and our Danielle's yelling at you like we know how they're gonna act right, and what they right, say. Right. and um, there's these two sisters and Serenity and, and so it's really funny it's really great but it's like a family unit right now and the idea of having to say no to any of those awesome people is very uh, heartbreaking but at some point uh, I was just hiring from Craigslist, right. and these people were there, and I was like, so why do you want to work at Red Rocket Farm? And what I know is there's actually thousands of people that this would be their dream job, right. but I'm talking to somebody who says, I need money to live, <laughs> and I'm thinking about what it's going to be like to work with somebody who needs money for li- to live, and that that's going to be hard to just have somebody come in and sigh every time they need to uh, make some action figures for us. Or run some T shirts and it
3: may so be true they need money to live, but that's not the
0: It point. is true, There's but like you know, point. you want to be excited right. for other reasons. We and all need money to live. So little. now everybody so wants said that in the, the
2: interview.
0: You <laughs> said that. Oh, what yeah. I really want to do is work at Red Rocket Farm. <laughs> um, but the other part of it though is when you're hiring is that you are desperately the person interviewing you has actually talked to uh, what you imagine to be two hundred amazing, qualified, sharpest tax people. What I know is that that person who interviewed you had someone who came in and, you know, they were like on their phone walking in uh, with a guy that they are buddies with laughing and then sat down and said, all right, let's do this thing. Or that they said, well, what do you know about this place? Like, what do you know about here? And they're like, nothing, you tell me. I I couldn't be bothered to look it up on the internet before I got here, so what's going on? You, You always think the worst. You always think that everybody else is just great and you are not gonna do well enough. But I tell you, I promise you, from being on the other side of it, if you've ever done it, all you want is someone like you to come in and be what you need and what you want, and when you find that person, you appreciate them. I, I just want to talk about Krista for a minute. Go, oh,
1: please. Do. Krista
0: works at Red Rocket Farm, and shout out to Krista. She is just a force of nature, and she loves her job. She just loves it so much, and she's such a joy to work with. And when uh, if you're at a convention and you see Krista, say hi. But every day she says, "Oh boy, I get to." run shirts today or oh boy i'm cleaning screens and she just loves it so much so and she's really fun there. on the road totally passionate about it and when we're doing a story town, she is adamant about not knowing what's going to happen nice. so i will finish a page and i'll come out and i'll be like krista there's a new page and she'll be like oh boy and she'll read it and she'll get upset and she's reading it <laughs> along with you guys so uh krista's reading story with you all I
1: think that's that's cool I love that passion. That's why. But everybody's do. looking for Krista.
0: Everybody's yeah. I'm looking and for, it's harder to find than you for think. Now. <laughs> it really is. Like, don't think about those two hundred people as being awesome. I promise you, they're not. <laughs> okay.
1: It's so fascinating. I, you know, that's why we do the podcast. This is why we do the whole show. It's because, you know, I have I have a drive just to to, to hang out with people and, and hear interesting stories. I, I'm a storyteller by heart the, the, and and by trade. That's what I do. And I love stories. And so this was just for us. You know. You know, this is what I want to do with my life. This is I just want to collect stories and and hang out with cool people and and just and just experience moments with, with and share moments with people. And so the, I can un- totally understand that 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 drive and that
0: passion. I I, collect, I gotta find a Krista now. I gotta. Say, can right. you clone her? You if have, I wasn't doing this for a living, I I would do what you're doing. People ask me like, if you weren't doing art for a living, like, what would you do? I got stuck in Denver one time. And I I I, I went to Denver. Uh, and I got stuck there and I couldn't get out and it's it's a really weird thing but I didn't have any luggage and it was a nightmare and I I had a week before I could uh, before I could leave and so I I stayed with somebody I knew there and I went and got a tape recorder I had nothing to do so I got a tape recorder and I just started going around the town and interviewing people and there was no this was before NPR was popular there were no podcasts I was a kid And so I just started going to these stores and being there. And it was kind of like a 70s sitcom where the the traveler goes from town to town helping out towns in trouble. Like I went to this place and they're trying to figure out how to get this machine to work. And so there's all three of us sitting here trying to get this machine to work. And then I go to this other place where there's a salon owner who's got a big massager unit that you hold with both hands because it used to be a barber shop and uh, <laughs> she doesn't know why they had this so we we had to learn like why you have this thing but barbers used to take this big machine and just when you were done with your haircut they'd rub it on your back <laughs> like and you were doing, you were and so it. i was going yeah well, we we did it on each other we stopped out you know <laughs> so what you're saying and it was it was dead it was nobody in the in barbershop and so this person i do not know i interviewed her and asked her about her life and how she got to Denver, and, like, all these things. And she was just like, yeah, I got this thing in the back. And uh, I was asking her, like, what's something about this store that was unusual when you came in? She's like, I got this big machine in the back, and when you plug it in, In it it, churns. It's like a machine. And I was like, let me, let's see it! She's like, okay! And so she brings it out, she's all excited, and uh, it had these two handles on it, a pad. She's like, I think you put it on somebody's back to make them, like, feel good. I'm like, let's do it! She's like, okay! So we just took turns with this thing,
2: and, um... Yeah, a lot of little stories like so that. you, you were kind of like Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day in the back half. Of <laughs> just <laughs> wandering around, talking to people. Doing good And doing. I decided that if ever
0: I really just couldn't figure out what to do, uh, anything else, I would always have that would be a, a way to entertain myself. It's just go from town to town and ask people for their stories. Humans of New York, right? That's kind of the... It's a little like that. Well, I did this thing called Free Drawings for Total Strangers, and uh, that was actually uh, a a comic strip that I still keep up... I kind of revisit it once in a while. Yeah, I was going to ask about it. But uh, basically, Free Drawings for Total Strangers is something where I will be at a show, and sometimes I do it, and sometimes I don't. I don't do it at every one, but I will sit there with uh, Copic markers and a pad and I will ask someone uh, questions when they come up about their lives. And I'll yeah. say, you know, what's your name? Uh, what's an animal or a creature you like? Uh, what is a scary... What is this, What do you think is the scariest food? <laughs> and so I, asked, I had this girl, and I asked her um, what was something she was really terrified of. And she says, I'm really freaked out about spiders. I don't like spiders. In fact, please don't draw about spiders. I, 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 promise you i don't want to let's not not, let's talk about something else i don't want to upset anyone there's this big line for this and so i was like what's something you've lost recently and she said it's uh my phone and i was like did you get another one and she was like yeah yeah i got another one but i lost my phone i was like okay well let's draw a story about what happened to your phone because you're probably really curious about where he's at now and maybe he's hitched the rails or he's doing something really good and so her phone is sitting there where she left it, crying for her Aww. to come back. But he knows that she will eventually come back and, and, and save him. And uh, she's upset about this, and she's starting to tear up, and her mom is with her. And then I started drawing spiders crawling all over her phone and getting into the cracks. And then the phone is saying... I can feel them laying eggs inside of me. Oh, and she just starts sobbing and crying. And I'm sitting here drawing this. And I'm really getting self-conscious. I'm really... think I've gone too far. Right. And I, I finish it... I, right. And I finish it and she just hugged me for like a minute. It was this awkward minute of this crying girl hugging me and just... Her mom says this is the best thing that's happened to her at the whole show. She's so happy right now. I know it doesn't look like it, but she's really, really happy. And so yeah that's like was a uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh free drawings for total strangers
1: there, there's one right there we're, we're passing around the iPad, patch on
0: <laughs> so but um, a lot of times they're they're really uh they're kind of dark or or whatever yeah
1: we're we're uh, we're and why we're I'm, I'm being often asked about the origin of our name mobcast network and Studio Mop studios and uh so red rocket farm
0: Yeah, it's just I really liked science fiction a lot. Um, I um, always really liked classic science fiction. So um, The Voyage to the Planet of the Prehistoric Women is just this amazing Russian film. And uh, I liked the spaceships from it
3: and everything like that. And uh, so, yeah.
1: That's very cool. Very, very cool.
3: What was the movie with... um Oh, I just... I just had his name, but. I'm out, so. uh, Leslie Nelson. Naked Gun. Uh, forbidden, forbidden Planet. Forbidden. Planet. Forbidden Planet. I saw that. Yeah. Sometime last year. I saw that sometime really, last like, week. <laughs> Well, I was able to... Like, it's awesome amazing, though, right? I've, I've seen it here and there, like, bits and pieces, but I finally <laughs> got a chance to, like, watch from beginning to end and fully taken it in. That's awesome. And
2: awesome you never movie. think of Le- Leslie Nelson as, like, a serious actor. Well, he yeah, was a
3: serious right? actor before
1: before
2: the Saturdays, I mean. I mean right. I mean, you just, you know, I, mean you I think, think Airplane. A- yeah, Airplane. I, think I don't airplane. call But sure. when he did Airplane, that was yeah.
0: the first funny role no, he'd ever he done. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just killed. a regular old actor. I, he no intention. I guess that's why was so funny for
3: that. I think so. he had done all these other things and, then if and you, ever, I, you know I didn't I didn't get that now I get that. Do
1: you get a chance to watch? you ever get a chance to watch um, uh, the files from Police Squad? Police Squad. Uh, yeah. no. Oh, those are cool. Those are they're, they're very
0: similar and and they're they're really cool. It's it's Naked Gun as a TV, TV show. Yes,
1: and like a okay. naked Gun TV show. So, and uh, I think it's on Netflix or if not uh, I don't know how I saw them, but they're funny. They're really really funny. I got them from the library. I get stuff from the library all the time. Make at night probably
0: because they would do a dragnet.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, don't, yeah, maybe they could... We don't I... have Viacom in West Virginia anymore. <laughs> How do you say no Viacom? Central.
0: How does a voiceover person say Viacom? Viacom? Viacom. Viacom. Viacom.
3: Where you don't get to watch everything. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> oh, our uh, ISP just got rid of it. Huh.
1: They could not negotiate stuff. Right. Oh. I wonder if it had
2: anything to do with money.
3: Uh, yeah, probably, well, probably, you know, probably no, not. That's a dance that the provider, cable providers and networks oh, yeah. do all the time. Mm-hmm. Where they like, you know you have to come over over here. You're not going to get the channel. And then they say, well, we're not going to come over there because we don't really need you. You know, they do that dance for a while. That's basically the principle
0: that comic strips did. Yeah. When when you had a comic strip before the syndicates, Mm -hmm. newspapers owned it. So Windsor McKay, he was with the Washington Post. And if you didn't get the Washington Post, no Little Nemo in Slumberland for you, man. (laughs) You're just out of it. Your dreams of a rare bit fiend... Screw you. If you want to get the Times, you will get no Dreams of the Rare Bit Fiend. So Buck Rogers would be with one, and I think there were people getting multiple papers just so they could get these strips, which were, you know, full page. It wasn't <coughs> yeah, like a comic, comic strip. strip, strip. Off, it was like yeah. this
2: massive, you know, page. You look at what Eisner would do with a comic strip. Right? Oh, yeah. God,
3: just just with the title. You just, yeah. yeah right. So weird. everybody ultimately wants the same thing, but there's just so much cock that has to happen in order for... For they get where it needs to get. Did you, um, speaking of comic strips, did you, you I know you're a big comics guy, did you, are you, read, did you read Spider-Verse, any you the
2: Spider-Verse stuff? I did not, I did not. Uh, I've been, I'll go back and, and find them, you know, online, yeah. here and there, uh, but uh, I like the premise of it. The the coolest thing, apparently, coming out of Spider-Verse is Spider-Gwen. Yeah. You know, so it's that alternate universe, Gwen Stacy that got bit instead of Peter Parker. Right. You know, and that's, what, I'm disappointed by that direction. What surprised me was that, you know, we've built, I've built Gwen Stacy up in my head because I, I got the old, uh, I remember the Marvel Tales that you'd get in the, the 80s. Right. Where they'd reprint some of the old Spider-Man comic books. And I remember reading that Gwen Stacy thing and I was so devastated. I, that was the only comic book I'd ever read with Gwen Stacy in it. Right. You know? But apparently some of the old guys on like Facebook and stuff are saying, like, before she died, she was a pretty flat character. You know, and she really was. It was Mary Jane. Everybody really wanted Peter Parker with Mary Jane because she was fun. She was vivacious. You know, she was uh, she was interesting. And Gwen was just kind of just like the good girlfriend. You know. And then they, I guess, technically, I guess they girl and refrigerated her. You know. Before Um, they could. Yeah. Before. But see,
0: you know, that's the thing about writing is you can do anything. And they've chosen uh, Gwen Stacy because she's hot basically, if you're going to pick somebody from, is it really a coincidence that the the, that the the spider character that got powers is, is Gwen Stacy, not Robbie Robertson? Like, right. Or Mrs. Muggins, the landlord from the <laughs> 80s, who would yell at Peter Parker about the rent, I would like to see her as a Spider-Man, too.
1: A Flash Thompson. She
2: should be a Spider-Man. She would or be, I mean, she would be the Spider-Man that would kill people. Well, they're doing things, though, too, like, so, um, the Gwen Stacy character, yeah. basically like it's like her a, personality but is based off of Bendis' version of her from Ultimate Spider-Man.
0: Like, maybe Spider-Man yeah. shouldn't be serum-based. It should be like a virus, where everyone he gets close to, you over time, you start to get spider powers.
2: So it's like pneumonia?
0: Or, you get the powers based on whatever animal you're around most, right? <laughs> so if you own a dachshund, so if, if J. Jonah Jameson owned a dachshund, right? He just start to get really long and have back problems. Like his you know, his ears would get big. His right. ears would get big, right? You start mutating, <laughs> taking. Why are my yeah. arms
2: so short? <laughs> yeah, like you're just having a lot of trouble breathing. You're like, what kind of pet do you have? It's just, I just got fish. I don't really. I, I think really. maybe this is this is actually what happens. That's why when you see people with their animals, they look like each other. Too bad. Yeah, that's so, probably happening. You're taking in too, the because I love how sure. tangents work.
1: So I have to. It's, it's like playing magic last out first. Uh, so. Um, uh, they sort of did that in. Did you you guys read Marvels? Right? Did you see Marvels? Oh, Alex well, Ross. Alex Ross. Yeah. 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 All right. There's a book in companion called Ruins by Warren Ellison. Yes.
2: Uh, Lance Ganey let me look at that. He had <laughs> Shout a- out
1: to Lance. What's up, Lance? That's a name I hadn't heard in a while. Wait, Gabe Davis. All right. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. All, all, all high school friends of ours. But um, there's a book in companion to that called Ruins, which is brilliant. You can. I wish when they would would reprint Marvels, They'd they put would put put there too. Put in there, but. It's about a, uh, a, a journalist looking at how the Marvel Universe has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Marvel's is the this, same this thing. That right. You know, everything's right. right. You,
0: you see them on the rooftops, and they're having these epic battles, and they're fighting, and this photographer is watching people be crushed to death by gargoyles yeah. daily, yeah. Right. every day. <laughs> this is, this a scaffolding mm, or, you know.
2: It's, it's kind of a, a legal <laughs> to Astro City. Right. It's written by Musaic, or however yeah. you say Kurt, uh, Busaic, or whatever you say his name. Uh, he wrote Marvels, and then he goes on to write, you know, Astro City, which is this beautiful, beautiful sprawling story. But I, I do like Ruins because is like if this is what goes right in the world, how does it go horribly awry?
1: Right, and so there's this, there's this mutagen virus that's going around. They're trying to figure out what's causing it, and what it is is Peter Parker. And that's what reminded me He's like that. the oh the here's the crazy stuff. It's like the Fantastic Four. They find all their bodies after the crash. The the, the cosmic the, the cosmic rays affected them, but affected them like they should have affected them. Like Thing becomes a rock. He calcifies and dies. Uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic stretches to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Storm uh, explodes at the he's, uh, he's spontaneous combust at a cellular level. Sure. So he burns He's on fire. He's so on yeah, fire. And not then, comfortable. And then um, Invisible Woman, she reflects light so much that she can't – she reflects light. She can't see. She's blinded. She reflects from her oh, eyes. Sure, sure. And so she runs into Johnny and burns to death too. <laughs>
3: that's,
1: that's brilliant. <laughs> and, and so th- um, Hulk and the Gamma Bomb, You know, when Banner hits the gamma, he turns into a giant tumor.
0: And <laughs> yeah, you, it seems good on paper, uh, but it's like – you know, the Philadelphia experiment, where in practice you have people who are like phased through the hull of the ship and they're screaming mm-hmm. to be killed. Right. But uh, ideally, I mean, ooh, invisible to radar. And then you have somebody who has fallen asleep in their bed and then they've woken up like inside of it and their organs are just uh, laying on top. They, they,
1: in fact, they did that in uh, Ruins because uh, the X Men are all in jail. The, the, uh, <laughs> the Cyclops is, they blinded him because he can't stop shooting people. And they've got Nightcrawler in the back. He's chewing on his tail. He's all psychotic. Quicksilver has no arms and legs. But Kitty Pride is stuck between... The, she tried to escape, so she's stuck through the the bars, of the, and she can't turn solid or, or all her organs will
0: mm-hmm. be destroyed. And so it's just like... Ah! I read this in high school. It's just like...
2: Yeah.
0: Ah! Well, that's what happens, you know? I mean, like... It was, it, it's having to grow up with its base audience. And they're in a tricky position because they've got to be able to make comics that still appeal to the young people who are reading comics for the first time. But then they've also... They're trying to, with, with some of the same titles, do things that you never thought of before. Right. Like, you've, you've got to have this comic strip where Batman's on stakeout and he's on the top of a roof... And he's been there for hours, and he has to go. I mean, he has to go, right? right? But he's on stakeout, and he can't leave. There's a jewelry store, and there's nothing he can do. And he could go, I mean, on the roof. He could just go around. But you have Batman in his costume going around behind the little door thing on the top of a roof and, and peeing, right? But then he knows like Clark could see him and Clark would think that was so funny <laughs> and like not everybody can go up into space when they have to go Clark um, and so they're doing that they're, they're covering this like oh my god I never thought about that he's gonna have to go and Walking Dead does that and you know, all these things where you never really think about how if you just went to Alaska maybe you'd be okay because the zombies would freeze on the way up there and all these things that never got covered by zombie movies before are now getting thought of so cons are starting to Care about reality. They're trying to care about like the things that you've loved these characters for for years and years. And what's something that we can do? You've never had to think of before. What's a problem that Kitty Pride has? You know. Right.
1: I I find kind of comics-centric. I mean, what like, happens
0: when Magneto has a nightmare? Right. Like, that's bad. Right. Like that's terrible. If he has a nightmare, I have a friend who had had night terrors, and he walked out of a window one time. What happens if you someone has someone with superpowers that has night terrors like that?
2: Well, they cover that in kind of the X Men movie when Wolverine had a, a nightmare and he stabbed Rogue. Yeah. Right? No, he started kidding
1: him.
0: Yeah, he jumps up Rogue. out of bed it was, it
2: was and
1: stabs he
0: to oh, yeah. oh, oh, You know, that's a great example. It's like, you I, so. you wouldn't n- normally think about that kind of combination. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can save your life in this moment, like, you could make that work. It's a slippery They wouldn't have thought of that in the, the, 60s the idea
2: of the whole story is fantastical anyway. You know, you, you got these, well, what's the realistic consequence of this being in there? But can you really have a guy that can fly and shoot solar radiation out of his eyes? Right. Uh, speaking of Superman's new power. <laughs>
1: I, I read an article that, that bothered me um, a couple weeks ago about... A father taking his kids to, to the comic book store, mm-hmm. and you know, spending some money, for, let the kids buy some comics. And his daughter couldn't find anything she could relate to. The right. Harley Quinn wasn't like the Harley from the, the comics, or the Teen Titans weren't like the, the Teen Titans that she knew from from the comics. And it's interesting that that over the years in the history of comics, there was a point where kids would read comics, grow up, and, and grow up and get away from it, and then would go off to, and then they would have children that would get it, and so there was this. There was always this cycle where where you know you could cover this this era. When the '80s hit, and that that, that kind of started changing. When we started getting the, the local comic book store became a thing, and collecting became the thing. your comics. Yes, it's a could go shout out the day. Ground <laughs> zero, man. That's where I <laughs> worked. But um, I mean, it's it's interesting how 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 that kind of feeds into itself. So now you've got a a new a new era where you're trying to find that balance where you you have to have. You You've got to have something to appeal to the younger readers because that's your future.
2: Well, and I think I think the publishers are missing a point here because I teach, I taught for middle school for twelve years, eleven years, right? And those middle school kids, they're eating, showing, a jump up, you know. So there are these the basically like, when comic books first started off, they were throwaway stories. You you consume the material and then you take the Donald Duck comic book. and you the trap. They would that? they would take stories from other comics mm-hmm.
0: and just transfer the stories over to another title. So right. Thor would be going through exactly the same thing that the Hulk had been doing, and yeah, it was not supposed to have that longevity. They were
2: truly throwaway stories. But the thing I think that makes the Shonen Jump work and, and the, the brilliance of the manga is that they put it in a format that you're not collecting it. You know, you I agree probably with completely. go and buy yeah, it, a right. trade paperback and trades are probably the future of the industry as far as like the physicality you know we'll have digital and then trades everything will come out in digital and then they'll collect them in a trade for those of us that are old school and like to hold the pages you know right
1: um fantastic this comes like five o'clock got an issue now it's yeah.
0: maybe that should be a thing on your podcast you take, a, you take a book that people want to read but they don't want to have to pay for it right. and at the end of the podcast you just read it to them. <laughs> you describe what happens in the panels. Oh, you yeah, tell them how the art but is. Yeah, we do see. it
1: as a radio drama. I put sound. I do the whole thing. Um, that matter. seems like a lot of work though.
0: <laughs> but yeah. See that's the yeah, kind of work I like. Totally.
1: But seriously. Um, I would, you know, I got into this, I'm a, whole, like I said, I'm a frustrated comic writer, I've said this a lot of times on the podcast, I never could find an artist, I was married to an artist for a while and that worked out, and then we got divorced and that, that didn't work out, and I got, into, I got into other mediums, theater and film, and other ways I could to express my writing, and I was watching uh, CNN when the last Harry Potter book came out, and there was a whole thing about the sales of the braille version of Harry Potter were going through the roof, and that was something I never thought about. And then I got thinking about what other ways you could do. And then I was like, "Well, comics for the Wine would just be an awesome radio drama." And so, uh, yeah. and so yeah. we, you know, we—that's why we do on the network. That's why we have the audio drama. It's kind of just my love of that transformed to a new medium. And so, yeah, it, I mean, they used of, to do that
0: in the the, uh, the the very beginning days of cable. They yep. had this thing called video comics. Yeah. It's actually an incredibly obscure, like, thing. Like, you think Pete and Pete is obscure. This is, like, uh-uh. video comics is really obscure. And uh, it was, like, these people reading comics like a radio show and holding up to the camera and just animating it and going from page to page, you know. And, uh, yeah, hmm. it's, it's awesome. But they would pick out, like, illustrated tales, right. right? It wasn't, like, superhero stuff. It was, like, old classic science fiction EC, Pulse, right. or whatever, yeah, like, you know. I
2: don't Meanwhile, know. with Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Ming the Merciless, you've scarred for the last time. Uh, yeah, it's really bad.
1: Going back to real quick before, before we end about, about the dailies, the reason why I mentioned Spider-Verse, because uh, you are talking about dailies, how they handled the dailies in Spider-Verse was genius. Because you've read the old spider and dailies, it takes like two weeks for anything to happen. Right. And so, what it was was a universe that was slowed down. And wait, so wait let,
0: let's talk about what you mean by dailies. Yeah, uh, when so you say dailies, you're
1: talking about the comic strips. The, uh-huh. and the are shows. you talking about the
0: old comic strips, like were from, from the '70s, or are they doing that again? So spider still. Yeah, they're still. Doing oh, they're that. still running. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. They never stopped running no, yeah, Spider-Man in the funny Stan pages. Stan yeah. yeah. It's it's drawn by
2: Stanley. Yeah, by Alex quote, Sav- right? Sav- Sav-
0: Yeah. Okay. So I haven't. i haven't seen this. Since I was a kid. Right,
1: but this is still running the day. Is it
0: similar? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. he's still married to Mary Jane in the comic strip. Yeah, yeah, still married. Well, it's written by Stan Lee, so he's kind of like got his thumb in the original days of Spider Man. Like, Carnage is not showing up.
1: Right, no, no, it didn't show up. (laughs) They they started doing the more modern villains about 10 years ago. Okay, okay. But see, that's the point. Time and, and the strips it's so slow right and so when the yeah. villain from Spider-Verse went to there it <laughs> took everything it was like and they would repeat themselves like stand back Mary Jane I mean, and then because first... it's like two panels and the next page it was like Mary Jane behind me and the guy was running at normal time going what is wrong with these
3: people sure 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 it's kind
2: of like reading the strips almost like watching a Dragon Ball Z episode right oh my gosh so, that, that, but that's what I wanted to You can
1: actually... All those strips are online. You can catch them. So, just Google them because they're really, really funny. It's how they a it.
0: Can we do that? Can we just tell people things that we want them to know about? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, William Castle. William Castle. Find out about William Castle. Whoever's listening to this right now, uh, look him up. He was a person who wanted to do monster movies and science fiction movies and do B-films. But... You know, he knew that what he was making wasn't as good as Hitchcock. Right. So he had to do something else. And he wanted to make it an experience. So he would do these weird marketing things. He would tell people uh, that you could see this movie for free if at a halfway point in the movie you decided you didn't want to see it anymore. You and your date could get up and leave and get your ticket back. And so a lot of people went to see the movie because they were like, well, you know what? We'll watch half a movie for free. Right. And then we'll just get up and leave. And so you go see, you know, uh, the 13 Ghosts or the Monster with Eight Heads or whatever movie you made. And then oh, halfway right. through, he gets on and he says, all right, it's time. Uh, if, if, if you want, you can leave the theater and get your ticket refunded. If you're too scared to watch the rest of this film... There is an area in the lobby called Coward's Corner. (laughs) (laughs) And you can go to Coward's Corner uh, where there will be a big chicken. You'll know where it is. (laughs) And you can get your movie. He was brilliant at this. He released live lobsters into a theater one time. He would have people dress up in costumes in the Tingler. He He had uh, shocking the seats. (laughs) Uh, He was a complete (laughs) showman. He was like the P.T. Barnum of. The, uh, the monster movie world. Oh, exactly. But, I mean, but his movies are actually not that bad. They're actually really, really cool. Oh, they're really cool. He's yeah. just amazing.
1: I mean, he did. Um, I mean, self promotion was a <coughs> He self distributed too. So he threw yeah. stuff in his truck and right. drove town to town. And, and even towns that didn't have uh, theaters or whatever. You know, he'd do tent tent revival shows and all yes. kinds of crazy. So lo- stuff. look up William yeah, Castle and
0: watch some William Castle movies. That's mine. Uh, obscure thing you wish more people knew about? Um, if there's somebody listening to this that you just want them to like look up anything I'm going to get you guys to <laughs> Anything and go, oh my god, this is the coolest thing. I've never heard of this. Why haven't I heard of this? Oh,
1: uh, so yeah, I didn't know I was going to put on the spot again. Alright, so, <laughs> Oh, really, really obscure stuff. Um, werewolf. Yeah, I'm going with <laughs> werewolf. 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 I will you go. can't go with werewolf. I go. It's actually terrible. Um, look for a, a book, a kid's book called The Gizmonauts. Okay. It's Papers. There's three of them. Um, I read them as a, as, a, as a kid. I've been looking for them for the last... That's a good one. A I, I, I've been looking can't. for like 20 years trying to find these books again. If it anybody finds the gizmo, copies of the Gizmonauts, the gizmonauts, the gizmonauts you have amazing. to get them to Scotty next time you see yes, them. Yes, exactly. So Gizmonauts. John, yeah. uh, okay.
3: Um, Memory card radio. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> can't self-promote. <laughs> uh, you know, what? There's, there's a YouTube channel that I've been following for a couple years now and it doesn't seem like they're really taking off. I mean, they've taken off to the point where they're relatively popular, but... I'm, I'm, they might not quite be what you'd consider obscure, but um, they, they deserve a much bigger audience than they have. It's called The Ben Heck Show. I don't think anyone's familiar with that. This guy's like, I don't know if he's an engineer or what his deal is, but he's a genius. And he takes home consoles and he turns them into portable consoles, or he'll take a computer and miniaturize it, you know, and, and he just does the, and he goes so in depth with it. It's, and it's, the show is filmed like Mythbusters is kind of shot, where they'll go back and forth from a couple little projects. and. They'll have like fun facts in between, and it's—I mean—and it, he produces a half-hour-long an hour long show once a month. It's called the Ben Heck Show. Wow. B-E-N-H-E-C-K oh. on YouTube, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I'm not like—I—I I don't compare. You really about like it. Of it. He's a fan. Yeah. Okay. It's—it's it's about sixty percent. So of if there's a new Ben Heck. You're like,
0: oh, it's time. Right. What's he gonna do with turbografx 16 this month? <laughs> <my God, laughs>
2: All right. Yeah. What about what about you? Do you I'm have trying one? to find it there. Um, I'm sure it's way more popular. Um. There's a guy he'll he'll take quotes and he'll he'll draw it in like um, so like he'll take a Winston Churchill quote. Okay. And then he'll he'll do a drawing a cartoon drawing where he kind of like acts it out oh, as okay. like a parallel kind of like to you give a more uh, visceral, realistic kind of relevance to what okay. the quote's talking about. Yeah. You know I. I, I so to... he'll
0: draw pictures, right? Yeah,
2: he'll draw... That. So it'll be a
0: William Churchill... Or Winston Churchill, like, like just, like, naked at the breakfast so table saying around. the quote. Like, yeah. he's just sitting there a with a the bowl of cereal. If, <laughs> if you have to go through hell, <laughs> keep going. And he's just naked yeah. <laughs> eating a bowl of cereal, and you're like, oh, my God. See, so why don't we get the this naked Churchill imaging. movie? I'm waiting for that. That would be great. Uh, if you just so had cool. quotes Whoa. from famous people... And in the image, they are in unflattering or horrifying positions.
2: Right? Well, I, think, I think it's like more of an inspirational anger. I am sure that that is the intention. I, like your, I, like I think we head could, head
0: could head. go in a different direction. I think we though. Can, you, the, the internet uh, room for everyone. So. Yeah, there's actually room for multiple ripoffs of ideas.
2: Churchill's awesome. Churchill. Uh, some woman uh, said, uh, "If you were my husband, Winston, I'd poison you." And he's like, I, "Like immediately, he's like, Madam, if you were my wife, I'd drink it." <laughs> <laughs> nice. yes. Sharp dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, gentlemen, this has been a most excellent show. I've been,
0: I'm, I'm just oh, very entertaining. You know what the music means. Well, it's time
1: it's, to go. It's for time together
0: to another show. Another show. Uh, <laughs> everybody's really sad. Then. We only barely started talking about naked Winston Churchill, Churchill. Oh, no. and now the fun's it's over. It's it's fun. It was up. just getting good. Like, they were, next they were about four. to talk about the serialized Chauncer novels. That's,
2: that's why <laughs> <about to laughs> <laughs> 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 we Why exposed. And, it
0: was a little slow when we started talking about Deadpool, but once they started talking about and Fritz Lang and Lon Chaney
3: Jr.
0: and you know, it
3: just got so classic
1: guy, huh? Do what? You're a big ho- classic horror guy with the Lon Chaney Jr. Jr. and the William Castle, and
0: uh, you know a classic horror, classic sci-fi. You know, um, yeah, it's really cool. I'm I actually taking. No. Uh, I think that should be a regular thing, though, on right. your show. Is you guys go around and share like one, or you ask guests to share one. Well, do we'll do thing that for, for, for our big that Yeah, that sounds
1: good. Say, nobody see, see, knows you, about,
0: but you just like love.
1: You 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 land your staple. You you yeah. you you planted your seeds, That's going to gonna be show, which thing. is great, which is awesome, very cool. Um, we'll we'll go around the table see so uh, how how you can find this of course. You know you can get get me through uh, on Twitter at, at Scotty White. Um, and uh, at the Mobcast Network at, at Mobcast Network and we'll just go around the, around the table how can we get a hold of you
0: uh, I am on the Red Rocket Farm website uh, and that's just one farm it's not multiple farms actually you can do Red Rocket Farms and you'll get there but uh, and you can see Storytown at story-town.com it's all part of the same site and um, you can always reach me through that at info at redrocketfarm.com or Sweet. make a comment in any of the pages of Storytown. Okay. Uh, Storytown runs right now, it's, it's just once every couple of months. And um, we send out an email to let our email subscribers know that there's a new one coming. And so then
2: you kind of tune in like and, it's a show. And you'll definitely see it in my tweets and on the network tweets. You. Uh, I have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to slowly build up. Uh, it's called Sheltonia Nation. Yeah, it's a that's your podcast, buddy. That right there, Sheltonian
1: Nation. I love right. it. Oh, I it's uh, it. welcome it's, to the network.
2: <laughs> Done. And uh, I'm on the tweeters uh, for and at Sheltonia. The chatters.
0: The chatters. Uh, I'm on the chatter.com So I'm on, so on Twitter.com. <laughs> I think that's what my parents say. Twitter.com.
2: Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to. What's your Twitter handle? Sheltonia. Sheltonia, okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll put a link on that. Sweet.
3: And John. And, you know, if, if you're listening to Mobcast Network, you probably already are somewhat familiar with memory card radio, but if you're not, good, that's, you know, we work hard on it. And I've, having, I've been having computer problems lately, so it's been a while, but we're, we're going to get back to the swing of things soon. And uh, on top of that, my, probably my most active presence on social media would be Twitter. I'm on pizarro mm-hmm. 7777 and that's actually my username on uh, everything, on everything, Instagram, YouTube, and I'm relatively active on all those. But really, Twitter is the best way to probably get a hold. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. This was a very successful
1: Atlanta version of the Weekly Mobcast. I'm very, very pleased. Okay, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Hey. Hey, hey, thank you. Mike.
2: Cincinnati area
0: they're solid plastic
2: so don't settle for imitation but the senator while insisting he was not intoxicated could not explain his nudity
1: baby if you ever wondered wondered whatever became
3: of me I'm living the air in Cincinnati Cincinnati WKRP Got kind
2: of tired of packing and unpacking Town to town, up and down the dial Maybe you and me were
3: never meant to be Just maybe think of me once in a
2: while I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati